Welcome to Home Education Matters, the weekly podcast supporting you on your home education journey. Home Education Matters, the podcast to answer all your home education questions. Here we are, Eleanor and I, just uh, getting together again and talking today about some of the reasons people might be worried about home educating or might not want to kind of take that final step. So, yeah. Hi, Eleanor. How are you doing? I'm good today. And you're right. I think there seems to be a definite recurrence of questions mm. and queries that that stop people like it's almost like they get to the starting line and they're just about to go but then they've got a few things they're worried about and then they they haver and they're not sure and then they they stay another term they stay another term in the school so yeah it'd be good to address some of these today i'm looking forward to it did you say haver i'm liking that word is it scottish i feel like yeah it's that's from my it. scottish ancestry probably <laughs> that's is. a really good word i like that <laughs> throw it more into conversation <laughs> too but yeah you're right i think you're you know that that stuff around thinking about home educating and then kind of sending the deregistering email or letter you know that's that's a really big step for people isn't it and um yeah so we're going to go through some of the questions that people might have so yeah. One of them that comes up that I hear quite often, and um, I'm sure you do too, is that is people feeling as if they're themselves not clever enough to home educate their child. What do you think about that? Yeah, I hear people saying, <clears throat> I mean, people who say things like, you know, I'm not very good at maths, you know, mm. I'm rubbish at English, I failed my English GCSE or English O level yeah. or whatever. And I think there is def a definite lack of confidence. And it's interesting, isn't it, that most people who home educate were in the school system themselves because, you know, it was very, very rare to home educate back in the yeah. day. And so actually all of all of these people who are saying to themselves, oh, you know, I don't think I'm clever enough to home educate, they're actually products of the school system. So it makes you think that's actually a reason <laughs> to take your child out. <laughs> but I think apart from, you know, slamming the school system in that way, I do think that when it comes to home education, it really isn't about what you know it's more about how you can help your child know things. So it's, mm -hmm. it's that, it's that idea um, of being a facilitator, you know, but I think, um, I think a friend of mine, Juliet English, who I'm actually doing a podcast with, she actually said it's the guide on the side. And that's what you are as a home educator. You're the guide on the side. And I, I, I think that. if you think about it that way, you don't need to know all the answers to everything. You just need to be able to guide your child to learn, learn what they need to know and find out the answers themselves, I think. Yeah, that's a really good one, isn't it, guide on the side? But yeah, I, I would agree that that view of facilitating somebody's learning is is probably kind of the approach that I would take and I really like the idea actually um, of learning alongside your child I think that's actually could be a really special thing to do yeah and it's nice for children to see their parent not being able to do something as well because I think sometimes children struggle with perfectionism and when they can see their parent who right up until the age of about 12 tend to look up to and then 
look down to. Um, <laughs> but I think if they can see their parents struggling with something, they can think, oh, it's okay for me to struggle. And it's and it's okay for me to have that journey, you know, that kind of arc from not knowing something. Oh, it's really hard, really hard. Oh, now I get mm. it. It's nice for them to see that in mm. someone else. Yeah. And I really like, I like it actually when my, because my children know far more than I do about a range, whole range of subjects. <laughs> and um, I like it that they can explain things to me, you know, in a really accessible way. And I, you know, I often learn things from my children and I don't, you know, I find, I think that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. My my daughter had a play date or whatever you call them when they're teenagers, but she had a friend around the other day and I and I went out and I wasn't going to interrupt them, but I wanted to ask her something about Instagram. And I thought, mm -hmm. well, you know, it's nice, right, when you have to ask your child something in front mm. of their mate because it makes them look very cool. <laughs> Absolutely. So well, do you know now about Instagram? No, I don't. <laughs> I tried really hard to understand, but it's like another language for me. It's like, nah, I don't know. Yeah, no, indeed, <laughs> indeed. What about um, people not knowing kind of how to do it? And I guess that might be a question around structure, like, you know, how people, because home educators structure their days and their time really, really differently. So... I remember that we felt at quite a loss to just know what to do with the time and how to manage our time. Um, so that might be a question people have as well. Yeah, I think I think some people, they just, they maybe think, you know, like, do I follow a curriculum? Do I have to do like nine to five, nine to three or whatever? Do I have the weekends off? You know, how do I mm. actually like do the process of it? And it's always a kind of slightly dissatisfying answer, but everyone just does it differently. <laughs> so you just, do, you just do whatever works for your family and you don't have to do nine to three and you don't have to do school days. You don't have to have weekends off. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to confine your learning to in the house. You don't have to confine your learning to certain hours. You can, you can just, um, see what works for you and your child. Your child might be someone who likes to do, to do all their learning first thing in the morning. Um, they might, that you might have a child that really likes workbooks. You might have a mm. child that likes to learn from screens. You might have a child that likes to learn at midnight. And oh, you gosh. just, yeah, <laughs> I know that would, be, that would be a struggle, wouldn't it? But I think it's just, um, there is no way to do it. I suppose it's the answer to that mm. question. There is no official way to do it. The way to do it is the way that works for you and your child or you and all your children. And there is no official way to do it the only official way is that you need to be providing an education because that's what you're doing is you're taking that on board you're basically you basically when you deregister you say you say the school is no longer responsible for my child's education i am so that's mm. the only thing that you're taking on is is your responsibility for the child's education but what that looks like and how you do it that's uh, that's your choice yeah absolutely and i would also just say don't don't panic too much about it and allow that sort of settling in time as well because it can it can really take a while to find your feet i think with it it's particularly if you if you're going from a school situation to home educating and you're quite caught up in the school system like like we we are and you know well we still are really because we've got other children at school and you know just taking a bit of time to just settle down and find out what works for you and your child as well so give yourself you know well weeks if not months really to, to sort, of, sort of have that process of settling down and seeing what works yeah and that's the de-schooling process that's what people call de-schooling which is when mm. you 
it's it's I like I always liken it to a scuba diver. You know when they come up and they have to do it slowly, or else they get the bends ah, and go a yeah. bit mad when they get to the top, or <laughs> you know, they have to kind of decompress. Yeah, and it's a bit like that when you take check your take your child out of the school system. You need to to approach what you then do at home really slowly. I think, and although from the uh, uh, according to the local authority, learning has to start from day one. But learning mm. can look like anything. So yeah. you can you can do learning in all sorts of ways. You don't have to do any kind of formal learning. You never have to do any formal learning actually. But you certainly don't need to launch straight into it. So yeah, I agree. I think that that time taking it slow not rushing in not feeling too pressured just taking some time to sort of reconnect with your child is is mm. absolutely vital yeah i agree yeah absolutely what about people who worry that they're going to get it wrong we get it wrong all the time but... yeah and, and the thing is if that's going to stop you home educating well that would stop me every day <laughs> because i always worry that i'm getting it wrong i mean that's <laughs> parenthood as well isn't it really absolutely. so the only thing i would say is you can't really get it wrong well there's two things i would say you can't really get it wrong because there's no right way to do it so it just has to be the way that works for you and your child but the other thing i would say is the bar is kind of low <laughs> because mm. assuming you're taking your child out of school one assumes you're doing that or most people do that because something is failing either your mm. child is unhappy or academically they're they're not it's not working out for them or they're being bullied or they're overwhelmed or they're having anxiety or all sorts of all sorts of negative school experiences so realistically you're not going to fail your child when they're already being failed where they are. So anything is better. This is, uh, you know, this is what I always yeah. think. It sounds really negative, but anything is better than that. Even if you just have them at home with you and they're safe and they're happy and they're recovering, that's better. You know, that's a success. Yes. That's so that I don't think, I think worrying about failing your child, really unlikely. Home educators generally don't do that because we're, we're so focused on the child and it's all just about recovery from the school system. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's also just um, like a matter of kind of regrouping every now and then, you know, Andy and I were talking the other day, and, you know, we're really obviously concerned about failing our, our daughter, but, um, you know, um, we're kind of going to, we've set a date and we're going to regroup the three of us and work out kind of what's working well, what's working less well, what we need to focus on. So, you know, that you know, we'd do that in life about anything, wouldn't we? We'd kind of assess whether something's working and what we need to do to kind of improve a situation or develop it. And it's no different, really, I guess. That's really good. I think that's really good home ed advice is taking time to analyze sort of where you are and what's going right and what's going wrong and not being scared to ditch stuff if it's going wrong. I mean, I've, I've spent money on books and curriculum and online things and you just have to throw it out if it's not working or pause mm -hmm. it or try something else but yeah mm -hmm. i agree it's it's about seeing how things are you know making regular kind of like stop-ins with you and your child to see how things are going taking the temperature yeah yeah really good advice i guess linked to that is um and it's a big topic about if you want or if your child wants to do exams um, and I know that's a whole podcast in itself, but it's entirely possible for someone uh, to sit their exams. Yeah, exactly. And it is a bit of a misconception, I think, about home education that perhaps um, 
it's a non-academic option. But actually, when I first started out, when it was much more of an ideological choice to do home education, many children chose it for that reason, because they were very bright. And so they wanted to do their exams early, go to university early, all that kind of thing. So actually, mm-hmm. um, this is quite a new concept that's come into home education that, well, how will they sit exams? You know, and whereas when I was starting out, it was, you know, it's very much a sort of standard thing that children, the children, you know, were very, very academic so it's quite nice that you're now getting this mix of people in home ed but it has led to this misconception i think that exams are very difficult to sit as a mm. home educator and you're right we have got a whole podcast about it but in a nutshell yeah you just sit the exams and in lots of ways it's actually much easier as a home educator to do exams it's more expensive to do exams and it takes a lot more work mm. on your part as a parent but from the child's perspective it's much nicer it, you can spread them out you can choose much more mm. a much bigger variety of subjects so it's actually from the child's perspective you take out a lot of the stress and overwhelm and a lot of the boredom because you're able to pick more interesting subjects and you don't have to do as many of mm. course schools do a lot schools have this kind of idea they have a kind of fail safe so you know like if you if you want to get like um balls in a basket you know they give you 10 and you want to get one in well at home you don't have to do that when you home educate you can just take your time and and say do you know what we'll study five and we'll study them really well and he'll get five as opposed to at school where they're like well we'll put them all down for 10 and then maybe you know half of them will get five a quarter will get 10 and a quarter will get three um but you don't have to do that at home so it's in actual fact sitting exams as a home educator is harder and more expensive in as much as you have to do a lot more as a parent but from the child's perspective it's really lovely yeah which is the point isn't it i guess you know because that's why we're home educating to do things from the child's perspective um so having said that if they want to go to college or university those pathways are also open to them. They are. Now, I was discussing this with a friend of mine the other day, and I think there is, I think this is very anecdotally, but I think there is a shift in how Mm. universities and colleges are seeing home education. When I first started out, when there weren't many home educators, if you were home educated, people didn't really know much about what you were doing. And so they would normally sort of, think oh wow you know that's very cool they've sort of like autonomously self-studied things that kind of thing and i think there was i think you had a bit of the other like the different Mm. that helped you out but i think i think what's happening increasingly is that as there's more and more people entering home education and it is a different subset of people starting home education people who children who maybe have struggled in the school system you know whether it's academically or socially or just, you know, just because they don't like it. I mean, I, you know, who likes school? I mean, it's, it's one of those jokes that people Not make, me. isn't it? That children don't <laughs> like school. So, yeah. um, but I think as a result, some colleges and universities are perhaps, I think they perhaps as well are now having this kind of misconception about home educated children, perhaps not being so strong academically or mm. struggling perhaps with the pressure of certain, certain environments. And so I think for that reason, I think, yes, you can go to college and university, absolutely. But I I have noticed recently with some parents that I'm speaking to that are finding it harder to get their children places at college and university, mm-hmm. that perhaps previously you'd have been given a bit of a pass if mm-hmm. you home educated. They'd have been like, oh, well, you know, that's cool. You only need like one or two. Or don't worry, you can sit them when you're here, sit the, you know, sit any resits or whatever here. But I'm noticing there's a little downturn in that and that's 
colleges in particular, but also universities are a little bit more rigid about the requirements. So, but but again, this is bear in mind that colleges, depending on the college course, colleges sixteen plus sixteen to eighteen colleges rarely want more than five or six GCSEs, and universities uh, mm. they don't really care much about GCSEs. They just really want no. five. They want maths and English, and even yes. the very best university courses don't want more than six or seven. And for A-levels, it's whatever. I mean, for A-levels, it doesn't matter if you're home educated or not. You need to get your UCAS points. Yes. Yeah. As long as you're ticking that off. Yeah. If you're ticking that off, then it's all good. You'll get into your university. But it's that's something that has slightly shifted, I think, recently. Is You do have to still be knocking your academic sort of – you need to be hitting your academic targets uh, in order, uh, you know, certainly to get into university, but also Mm. college as well. They're being a little bit – they're sensing that they're being a little bit stricter about the requirements. Ah, That's really interesting. I hadn't heard that before. So um, in in terms of universities, I would have thought, given that they are – they need kind of bums on seats to uh, function. um, Yeah, well, I saw that – I think the drop-in – foreign students going to British mm. universities have dropped 50% after Brexit. So I would have thought they'll be very keen to get British yes. students. Making it, although we don't, we don't have to pay as much doing so. Mm, they'd want, they'd have to have three of us. <laughs> yeah, it still is a lot. Let's face. Yeah. What about if you have a child that's not so um, driven to learn and they really don't want to do any lessons at home, maybe because they're traumatised by school or maybe just because they're not academically inclined or for any other kind of reason that children might have not wanting to learn. Yeah, and I do hear this from parents when they they sort of, they say, I'd love to home educate, but my child wouldn't pay any attention to what I did or they wouldn't, if I said, oh, let's do some maths, they would just ignore me or Mm. something. A lot of that is about the relationship. And this is the something that's so important about home education i think is that it's about the relationship between the parent and child you know when they talk about therapy and they say there's all these studies about about therapy and how it doesn't work <laughs> and um and how it's completely ineffective but the one thing that does work in therapy is the therapeutic relationship absolutely yeah and yeah. that's what works that's where all the success comes and it's very like that with home education it's about the relationship and yes you may not have that relationship with your child when they're at school and especially like you say if, if they're sort of broken by the school system mm. they probably don't have a very good relationship with themselves let alone with their parent but these things heal and this is the whole point of the journey is even if you take your child out and you think they're never going to pay any attention to me they're not going to want to do any lessons well, lessons can look like anything, can't they? You know, you mm. just do some baking together, go for walks together, just spend time together and heal. And I am I really think that that relationship will come back and with that relationship will be- come back their natural desire to learn. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. So if you've got a child who wants to spend all day on their kind of, you know, Xbox or PlayStation, the um, not to panic about that and just maybe allow that process to happen for a little while. Yeah. And open up other opportunities to them. I mean, it's a healing process, isn't it? Mm. And that's if your child is at school and they're struggling, and so when they get home, they're spending all their time on their Xbox. It's a it's a kind of therapy that they're doing for themselves. It's you know they're trying to sort of block things out, distract mm. themselves. Well, keeping them in that damaging environment that is pushing them towards that distraction isn't the answer either. So no. it goes back a little bit to the failure one, where you can't do worse. Than, than school is currently doing. So why not give it a try, I suppose? 
Absolutely. If they're not particularly kind of driven at home, they certainly won't be driven at school, will they? Mm. So, yeah, it's just yeah. that you're not seeing it because yeah. they're at school, so you can't see them being alienated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. And I would agree. We just need to kind of nurture, nurture children really, and um, give them a bit of recovery time, um, and not, exactly. and as I said before, just not kind of panic too much that you know there's lots of not lots of formal learning being done. You know, it allow can take process. time. Yeah, it can take it like you said. It can take a good few months. You know, yeah. it, it may take longer depending on how on how traumatized they are by what where they've been. And I always think with education of any kind, really. But um, you know, obviously now, you know, when when children are teenagers and stuff, that's a, that's perhaps an ideal time to sort of do it. But actually, you know, if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. Then so you know, I'm a I'm a product of that not working. I left school very young no qualifications and um, went back into education in my 20s when I was kind of ready and recovered enough, I suppose, to do that. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not an easy time to do it because you're, you know, you're having to live on your own and stuff by then. But actually, you know, people come to things when they're ready to. And it's um, I think it's fruitless trying to force the process, really. Yeah. And actually, I was talking about this on another podcast. And one thing, you know, I was saying about how universities want particular grades and colleges and things like that, that doesn't hold when you're an adult. There's mm. numerous routes into education when Absolutely. you're an adult. You know, there's so many access courses you can do. Yeah. So, yeah, if if they're not ready, the most important thing is that their mental health and their happiness because if they're not happy they won't learn anyway and so get them happy first get them content and okay mm. with themselves and then they can take their exams anytime they want to and if they don't want to they may find other very you know creative routes to, absolutely. to success yeah yeah absolutely yeah so one thing that comes up for for us quite a lot is about the social aspect of home education and how our children make friends um i know that's something that we worry about with rosa she's not very driven to be social yeah and i mean some children just aren't i mean my 16 year old son he's just not fussed i mm. i sort of regularly say well you know do you want to go to this do you want to go to that make some friends and he looks at me as if to say like oh, but why would i yeah, why, why? I know. And I figured, you know, you know, some people, they just want one or two really good friends and they find those at university. But but other children, mm. they, they do want lots of friends and maybe they got used to having a big set of friends at school, but other things haven't worked for them at school. And I, I mean, what I would say is that you can obviously carry on friendships from school and carry them over. Sometimes that doesn't work. Sometimes it does. It depends mm. very much on the friendship and where people live and that kind of thing. You know, home education now is much more popular than it was. There are groups all over the place full of yeah. all different ages. So if you read, if that is a thing, if that's like an important thing, then make that your priority over the learning. Sort of say, okay, do you know what I'm going to dedicate? My home, our home education journey will look like a social one, you know, mm. where we go out and maybe for you yourself as a parent, you want that, you know, and maybe mm. you miss that element of the, you know, the school mums and things like that. Yeah. And so, yeah, you can definitely prioritize that. There's the, op the opportunities are, are there, just like the opportunities to be very academic and do lots of exams are there in home ed, the opportunity to just focus on the social side and, and the fun side and developing yourself as a person, they're there as well, much more so than at school where they're, if they they talk to each other or pass notes they're told off and get sent into detention <laughs> none of that in home ed <laughs> no absolutely yeah if we could get Rosa to talk to anyone that would be a real <laughs> would she pass you a note <laughs> yeah. oh, I know so we still yeah we still kind of force her to go to the local home ed group <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I stopped doing that actually with my son because I just I stopped making him go because I just thought um, I felt like I was doing it for me. Like yeah. I, was, I, I felt like yeah. I needed to feel that I was doing this and he just was not first. And I thought, you know, if there's anything else, I would listen to him and be like, yeah, he doesn't like math, so I'm just not going to force it. But yeah. when it comes to socialising, you're like so determined that they do it Absolutely. that you just keep plodding on even though they're getting nothing at all from it. <laughs> I can hear Razor say to her sister sometimes, mum's trying to make me socialise. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to socialise me. <laughs> oh, dear. What about the age-old thing? about the judgment of others and what people might think about us <laughs> we did a podcast on this didn't we <laughs> yeah, and we uh, and it was funny because uh, you've not met anyone who judges your decision to home ed and that is it still the no. case because it was a yeah. couple of months ago yeah, we had not. nothing but positive responses honestly you know yeah you might make it all the way through and not meet one dissenting voice. That would be nice, wouldn't it? But I mean, realistically, what will people think of you? What will people ever think of your choices in life? You know, if they want to pick holes in how you live your life, they'll just find some reason to do it, whether it's this or something else. And you just have to keep reminding yourself that you're doing what's best for you and your child, you know? And if you keep holding on to that as like your little mantra, you know, then other people's voices become quieter and quieter as you mm. carry on, especially as, as things go well. You'd be surprised how quiet they get then. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think no one will judge you as much as they judge you for being a parent anyway. So. And as much as you judge yourself as well, yeah. let's face it. <laughs> so we just let them get on with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. What about the local authority, though? They can present, um, I guess quite a scary notion perhaps sometimes and people do worry and I know people have really different experiences about um, how their local authority responds to them and perhaps people worry that they will have the local authority kind of breathing down their necks and questioning their choices and decisions all of the time. What yeah, experience can... have you of that? I have no experience of that. I'm a bit like you with the dissenting voices. I have no experience of that because I've not had any any contact with the LA. And if they're listening, let, yes, you can come and find me. It's okay. I'm not hiding. I'm not invisible. You just not found me yet, but I'm here. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it must be quite intimidating, especially if you've maybe had some dealings with authority figures like the school have been mm. difficult or maybe social services or anything like that. I can, yeah. think it, I can see it would be quite intimidating. But what I would say here is that knowledge is your friend here. Know your rights and know your legal rights to home educate um there's a bill there's like an act the home education act or something like that that you can read i'll put it when when we release this podcast i'll go on the facebook group the home education matters facebook group and i'll put the link in for that so that you can just read it and know all your rights as a home educator because you have a legal right to home educate and you don't need to provide samples of work you don't need to tell them what you're going to be doing you don't need to let them in your home. You don't need to have phone calls. You know, you don't need to sort of speak to them once a month. You don't need to do any of these things. They're not legal requirements. So it's just about knowing, I think, knowing your rights and being mm. a bit, I think it helps if you're confident about your journey and that can take some time. So, you know, preferably if they start banging on your door quite early, then make sure you you know your rights go on your local groups and just say well you know i've heard from this person i've heard from that person and your local groups they will know these people they will have had dealings with them and they'll be able to give you advice so knowledge is power and also community is power as well i think when it comes to the la 
Yeah, and I would always take a stance of collaboration. I know that's not always possible and, uh, you know, some local authorities deal differently and sometimes slightly unhelpfully with things. But I would also always, you know, we want the same things, don't we? We want our child to be happy and educated. And, you know, I guess that's what the local authority wants as well. I was just going to say most local authorities want that. Some local authorities want all home educated children back in school. So that's uh, when you get, yeah, mm. that's, that's, but you, you know, not all, this is a minority. So. No, and we've had a, we've had a really positive experience again from our local authority, our home education officer, and uh, has been nothing but supportive and offered us all sorts of resources. So again, we've had a really, really good experience with that, but yeah, it must be quite difficult if that isn't the case. But, you know, I would always be aiming for negotiation and collaboration. And, you know, um, but I, I agree that if things become really difficult, knowing and understanding what your rights are is, has got to be empowering, hasn't it? Yeah. And I think most sort of seasoned home educators say, you know, know your rights, know what they should be asking you for and don't over offer. So mm. no matter how lovely they are, that doesn't mm. mean you should be chatting to them once a month. That doesn't mean they mm. should be coming around to your house for tea every six months, you know, because <laughs> it's, um, it may just be because irrespective of how great they are to you, when more and more of this happens with different local authorities, then the ones that aren't so good, it's almost like you're sort of giving them an inch. And so other ones are like, oh, well, you, let's come around every six months and have coffee. Mm. And they're not so nice and they're not offering you resources. So it's, yeah. uh, it's a difficult balance. And I think at the moment, to be honest, um, things are slightly in flux. You know, the bill that was meant to be being passed, that hasn't been passed. You know, mm -hmm. that happens all the time. That's not a surprise. Yeah. But I think I think when it comes to the LA, don't let that put you off. Because if if you think about it, the LA has a lot more input in schools. And if your child is in the school system, they probably have a lot more influence over your child within the school system than without yeah. the school system, outside yeah. the school system. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We interrupt this broadcast to remind you to like and subscribe to our podcast. And don't forget to join our Home Education Matters Facebook group, where you can find details on all our podcasts, any links or resources mentioned, chat to our guests, request upcoming podcasts, and even come on the podcast yourself. Do join us over there. What about the cost? So some people might worry that they have to spend a lot of money on tutors and all sorts of resources. What, how would you kind of respond to that? Well, I would say that when I started home educating my children, I was living in Egypt and I had, I had nothing. I had, there were no shops selling anything. There wasn't Amazon. Uh, we didn't have anything. We had a we had a chalkboard, mm. and we had a, a box set of little Miss books. <laughs> that was it. And a very small television. There was like one of those <laughs> tiny little ones. You practically had to like use the dial to get the station. Yeah. So it's more than possible to home educate your child really right up until they go to university mm. really cheaply. But it's harder. So. You know, like, yeah, you don't have to pay for tutors. You definitely don't have to pay for courses. You don't have to use an online school, but you can if you want to. Mm. It's okay to do those things if you want to, but they are expensive. Online schools in particular can be a very expensive way of doing it. Uh, tutors as well, if you have a few, that can stack mm. up. I actually looked at, there's a private school near me, and I worked out that actually the amount I'm paying on tutors is more than the cost <laughs> of the private school. 
I know. I was saying to my son, he's doing A levels, and so it is expensive. And I said, mm. Are you sure you don't don't fancy, you know, going down to the local school? But no, <laughs> unfortunately not. But you don't have to do it that way. I mean, mm. we start our the first ten years of our journey, we never spent more than like ten pound a month on home education stuff because I didn't have that money to spend. Yeah. It's only as they've got older and I've been able to start work that I have the yeah. money. But you don't it doesn't have to be expensive. You can get books from the library, you can get secondhand books. You, if you go on local groups and say, I've got no money and my child wants to do a GCSE in maths, has anyone got an old textbook? Somebody will give you an old yeah. textbook. Yeah. So it, the only thing that costs money that you can't get away from is if they do want to do exams, you have to pay for exams. Sometimes local schools can can let you sit exams with them quite cheaply. So there's always routes and there's always ways. So it doesn't have to be expensive. No. And I wonder whether the pandemic in some ways has sort of helped that process because so many resources went online during that time and actually that some of them are still there aren't they and and you know things like bbc bite size um other kind of online resources you know there's Oak an academy. awful lot of yeah mm. Oak academy there's an awful lot of stuff out there i think now. in some ways the pandemic really helped because there's a lot of the lot of resources online but i think in other ways it it kind of didn't because people got used to homeschooling or home education looking mm. a certain way and and that way looked like it's online resources and mm. and i think also it brought because home education expanded rapidly during covid and is still is still expanded the numbers of home educators we're now a marketplace which we never mm. were before and mm. so now we get, we get a lot of people targeting us to say or use my course, use me as a tutor, you know, that kind of, you know, I sell these resources because yeah. they want to make money. And then you can feel like you have to do that. You can feel like you have to do it that way because that's what people are saying you should do because they're trying to sell the course. It's like, you know, it's, it's the same with any advertising. They they make you feel that you're missing out by not having their product. Yes. And, uh, but realistically, no, you don't need to mm. buy any of these things to home educate, not at all. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's a really important thing for people to hear, especially as, you know, things are tight, aren't they, at the moment? And, mm, they uh, are. We don't need the extra pressures. What about the fact that um, if you are home educating um, and your child is at home with you all day, every day, there is perhaps uh, very little time for yourself. How do you manage that? Hmm, it's true. I mean... It's true. When my children were younger, yeah, I mean, I got no time at all to myself. I was on my own with them and it was just uh, full on all the time. Mm. You know, you wake up in the morning and until you went to bed. I mean, years went by when I didn't actually drink a hot drink while it was hot. <laughs> and then I bought a microwave and it revolutionized my life because I could reheat my drinks that I never got to when they were hot. But for years and years, yeah, I didn't have any me time. I didn't mm. have that. And, um, but that, that was a choice that I kind of made because I never used babysitters and I didn't mm. have friends that I would leave the children with. And, and I could, but I could have done all these things. Um, but for me, I never really minded being with them. I, I really quite liked, <laughs> I liked my children. I liked hanging out with yeah. them. And so I didn't manufacture that me time, but you can do it. You can do it. You can take your child to like drop off forest schools, for example, uh, and just go and have yeah. a cup of coffee. As yeah. they get a bit older, of course, you get lots more time to yourself yeah. um, but you can you can join kind of like groups of friends who have um 
home-educated children all the same age, and you can maybe take it in turns. So all the children are in one house, all the children another, you know, or even if you're you all go out together, but you just take a flask and the mums or parents, I should say, sit on a sit mm. on a bench together. Yeah. That's not it's not exactly me time. You're not exactly a lady who's going for lunch, you know, at the golf <laughs> club. But it's something, isn't it? It's it's something. So yeah, but but realistically, I think sometimes we need to be more honest about what home education is like. And there mm. yeah, me time suffers <laughs> because it's about yeah. the children time, isn't it? And it's a it's like a phase in your life, like a season in your life that is very children focused, just like mm. maybe in your twenties, you were very career focused, maybe mm. in your in your teens, you were very self focused, you mm. know. And and I think in your, you know, thirties and forties when you have children, you're very children focused and then maybe when you're in your 50s you're very going on cruises focused I don't know whatever (laughs) who knows (laughs) yeah but you know you just don't know it's just a phase in your life and you just have to kind of roll with it a little bit I think yeah absolutely and you know and I think that's you know perhaps that's something that we struggle with kind of generally, you know, because it's the same if you're at work all day and your children are at school and then you come home and you have to be a mum after being at work all day or dad have to be after being at work all day. You know, it's, you know, it's something that we all have to think about, I think, isn't it? Yeah, about think, how we retain yeah. our sense of identity and who we are. And I think that's so true because I don't know any different because this is how I've always been. But I can imagine for you, Diane, who's working during the day and then you come home and then mm. you've got three, four children. Four, and yeah. Four children. And then, of you know, so you don't get me time anyway, do you? So maybe parenthood just isn't about me time. I don't know. It kind of isn't really, is it? <laughs> I do get it. I make I crowbar it into my day. <laughs> Force it in. But you have you. to be uh, creative about these things. <laughs> you do. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I know when my children were younger, me time became something very different to what mm. me time is. Now. Me time now would actually be like a weekend away because my children are now teenagers and, you know, yeah. it's getting to the point where I can now leave them at home. But me time sort of 10 years ago was was honestly, it was, you know, five minutes having yes. a cup of tea. And yes. that was me. And, and I actually would like chalk it up as a red letter day. So yeah. me time is is whatever whatever is fitting with you at that time, I think. And take I think I, I would say from with my life coaching hat on, I would say just to snatch those moments, you know, not to be scared to, when you get a minute or two, take them and enjoy them and, you know, mm. have sit, have a chocolate or something or, you know, um, watch a video on your phone and just take the moment. Because sometimes when we're very busy, we think, oh, well, it's not going to last more than about two minutes or I won't bother mm. doing anything. But yeah. that's, that's fatal if you do that. You know, grab those moments and hold on to them and make the most of them while they're there. Yeah, that's really good advice, I think. Yeah. What about boredom? I guess if you're home educating and you might well be learning stuff too. So, you know, but I guess there'll be like all childcare, I think all childcare can be very tedious and very boring at times. So how do you manage that? Yeah, it's a difficult one, this, because I never got bored. I just Mm. never got bored with my children at home. I never got bored. I think I was just too busy to be bored. And Mm. there is a certain repetitive nature. It's quite lonely at times, Um. you know, when your children are younger and you don't speak to an adult (laughs) for days. (laughs) That's quite lonely, you know. But I never got bored. I think that for me, boredom has come as my children have got older 
and they're now spending more time in their rooms on their own. And then I'm sort of like twiddling my thumbs a little bit. But what I did, what I realized quite quickly was I needed to fill that time now. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd lost my muscles for like the doing stuff for me. Yeah. And so when I had the time, I thought, well, I'm just, I was just sitting there getting very bored or, or like idling it away with like games or some mm. silliness like that. And so um, that's when I obviously just, you know, started my work. And I think if you're finding yourself regularly bored, then then you need to fit fit more things in for you. You know, mm. then don't be scared to sort of say, well, maybe I could do this course and start working from home. Or maybe I could, you know, do this or that. Or maybe, you know, I don't know learn some new skills and it's okay for you both to be on that kind of learning journey like you say you learn with your children but you don't have to learn the same things you know if they're Mm. learning phonics you don't have to learn phonics you probably know phonics you can learn japanese cookery absolutely yeah indeed yeah absolutely and i guess um i would also perhaps add if if i was feeling bored as the adult i'd wonder if that was something if that was a bit of a projection, actually, my child was feeling quite bored. So I think I'd want to kind of check that out a little bit, really, and kind of work out, you know, whether things just need a little bit of a shift and a change, you know, in all sorts of different ways. Like you're saying about um, having those regular check-ins and just Mm. see how things are going. And and I do think, and I mean, I'm very much a big advocate of this, of just talking to your child and saying, how are things going? How have the last Mm. couple of months been? You know, are you finding it fun and what things aren't you finding fun what things do you really look forward to what things do you want us to do more of what do you want us to do less of and and yourself yeah. and you can have opinions on this and you can say do you know what and your child can be like oh i really love it when we like do lots of messy crafty stuff it's mm. okay for you to go yeah not so much for me because i have to do lots of cleaning <laughs> so maybe we could only do that like twice a week or something it's okay for you to have your yeah. own voice and i think this comes on a little bit about you know um, when people sort of say oh you know i could never stay at home with my child all the day I could never like Mm. spend all that time together and we would like fall out or we would row or something like this and and I think it's it's about that sort of growing together and and I think an essential part of that of of building the relationship is not being afraid to be yourself within the Mm. relationship and say do you know what these are the things I like and this is important for me that I get like 20 minutes reading my book so maybe you could read your book for 20 minutes because it matters to me and children learn from us and they they sort of they look at us and say oh look she's prioritizing herself and the things and self-care so it's okay for me to do that and these things are important too I think that's really important and just like kind of the boundaries of relationships of any relationship if you spend a long time with another person whether that be your child or your partner or friend or anybody else then there are limits to what that relationship can tolerate in terms of how long you can kind of spend together, you know, without taking a break. And I think, I think, as you say, it's okay, isn't it, to have that in in your day, breaks from each other in your day. I think that's, in, you know, yeah. an entirely healthy way to maintain a healthy relationship. Yeah, and, and you know, we were saying about me time and about how you just don't really get it. That doesn't mean that you have to just do everything your child wants to do 24-7. Mm. Just because you're not getting me time doesn't mean you can't say, you know, I'm, you know, I'm tired. Let's watch, a, let's watch, you know, The Great British Bake Off or something or a rerun of a David Attenborough or something. It's okay for you to have an opinion and, and mm. say, let's do this or, you know, I'm tired today. I want to have a nap. You know, do you want to play a game on the iPad for an hour while I just snooze next to you on the sofa? It's okay to do that. You know, that doesn't make you a bad parent. It means that you're, like you say, you're you're saying what you want in the relationship, and that's important. Mm. Yeah, indeed. What about when you've got other demands, like 
younger children at home that you also have to um, pay attention to. Yeah, I mean, I I had this. My children are 18 months apart. And so when I started home educating my son, he was three. And I know it's not officially home educating them, but we were living abroad and he wanted me to teach him because he taught himself to read at two. And oh. and I know what a lunatic. And so I thought, well, I'm going to have, and he wanted me to teach him things. And so I had a very young young child. I had an 18 month old mm. and, you know, we were living in this you know little flat in Egypt. And it's difficult to to balance things. But what I found helped if you have a baby or a toddler, regardless of the age of the other child. So if you've got a 10 year old and you've got a baby or a five year old and a baby or a two year old and a baby, mm. um, God help you. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but what you can do is involve the baby and the toddler with you. So whether that means you have them in a sling while you're doing lessons, if they're very young, or whether it means that you have your toddler in a kind of high chair at the table while you're doing, mm. you know, your child may be doing some online work or just some fun creative work. And you might be reading a book at the table and your toddler might be, you know, splashing around with biscuits and stuff. And <laughs> you're all just, it's, you know, you're all just there together in the same space. And yeah, it, it is hard when you have younger ones, you know, to kind of entertain, but there's times when your your child or your toddler might be in like the playpen or in those bouncers or having a mm. nap and it's okay just to sort of like do some learning then and don't forget like we said at the very beginning that learning is what works for you and your children you know that, yeah. that that's what home education is it's home education is, is what works for you and your children and if it if it looks to you like you squeeze it in a couple of hours a day when your baby's having a nap Mm -hmm. then that's fine. Or if you if you do it when your husband comes home from work or your, your wife comes home from work mm -hmm. or something and then and that's when you do it. That's also fine. Or if you're on your own, maybe you know, you use the TV a bit more than mm -hmm. other people or you use iPads and games more. It's okay. It's you know, whatever works for you and your children. Yeah, it's about, I think it's just about finding your rhythm, isn't it? Like families tend to get into a bit of a rhythm. And my experience of having kind of several children I guess and and um, some that are very close in age is that the young ones just tend to kind of get on with it a little bit actually and they because they have to they haven't really got much choice you know exactly. so you know my fourth child she's she's you know just happy to go along with anything because she you know, she's going to get left behind if she doesn't <laughs> that home alone like yeah. was, was the character of Kevin yeah. from home alone was Indeed. it he just gets so left like at home survival isn't it <laughs> I think I've only got two, but there's that phrase, isn't there, that, you know, the the, the third child raises themselves or something. And Absolutely. then the fourth, the fourth child, you're probably right. They just cling on by the... Yeah, they just get dragged along. <laughs> yeah, it's like, please remember me, I'm here. <laughs> well, it's interesting because you're talking about other children, but I think, I think some people maybe, they think, well, how would we do it if... Um, I only take one of my children out, mm. you know, and the other children are at school. And, and I don't have any experience of that because both mine home educate, but you have, a, you have experience of that, right, Diane? I mean, that, yeah. would that be off-putting for people or is that, does that work quite well? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's worked really well for us. And um, so we have three children in mainstream school and one child who's home educated and we worked it out by just having conversations really as a family about, um, what people's individual needs are so i guess we're pretty lucky our children are all really supportive of each other and they understand that they're individuals and they understand that actually some of them really need to be at school because they need a lot of stimulus all of the time and um 
and our child who's home educated, she doesn't need that. And actually that's, that's really traumatic for her and she needs to be educated in a completely different way. And, and yeah, we just continue to have conversations really. I, I check in regularly with all the kids to, to kind of make sure that they're, you know, okay and things are going okay for them. And, you know, I suppose in the knowledge that if they did, if some others did want to home educate, then that might be an option open to them as well, as well as if Rosa wanted to go back to school at some point, that is also an option available to her. So just trying to kind of keep it quite fluid, really. Yeah, that's absolutely. I mean, it's interesting you say that about how you would, you know, sort of you always make sure you're talking to all the children and seeing how they are. I think that is like the theme, the recurring theme that we're coming mm. across with a lot of these answers is just being, you know, it's okay to check in and see how everyone's doing and then alter things if it's not working. And, you know, I think if if some of your children are at school and some of them are home educated, it's, it's really just about having these conversations, like you say, about, you know, what works for some and what works for another. And fairness isn't always about everybody having the same thing, you know, it's about no. everyone having what, what they need. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, so, you know, in terms of like, if home education is just not working, and it's just not going really well, we can re-register our children at school. I guess it might not be the same school that they perhaps came out of. It might not be the first school of choice, but that's always an option. I think some people worry and they think, oh, it's like a big one way, like a mm -hmm. big step. And it's a big, like monumental step that they can't, that's irreversible. And I think that can put people off starting because I think they can, they can think, well, once I do that, you know, that's it, you know, that's it. Now I'm out of the school mm -hmm. system, but it's not at all like that. I mean, bear in mind that the school system, but also society is set up for your children to be in school. So mm. gliding them back into the school system is really an easy thing. You literally mm. just contact the schools, register them, and they're back in. Like you say, it may not be the same school. I don't know how that works. But realistically, um, yes, you can put them back into school. You could take them out of school, in school, out of school. Mm. You know, the, the child might get a bit dizzy, but you can <laughs> play as fluidly as you want to do it. Yeah, you can absolutely re-register them if it's not going well. But I would say... I would say to give it time because like we were mm. talking about de-schooling and stuff, it does take a while to get both of your heads out of the school system. And sometimes what we can think of as a failure, we can think, oh, it's going wrong, is actually our comparisons with the school system. Yes. So we might say, oh, it's going wrong because they're just like in bed all day or whatever. So it depends where it's going wrong and how it's going wrong. But yeah, if you want to put them back into school, yeah, it's easy enough to do for sure. In terms of kind of monitoring, I don't know how to phrase it really, monitoring progress maybe, how would you know if you, if you haven't got a comparison of school, how would you know if your child is perhaps academically falling behind or whether they're sort of on track if an academic achievement is something that you're aiming for? Yeah, I think parents worry about that. You know, I think because obviously you're on your own when you home educate, you know, I mean, you have groups of you know facebook mm. groups full of other home educators and you have local home educators but realistically you're responsible for your child's education and it can feel a bit overwhelming to think well how will i know i'm not a teacher i'm not trained mm. i'm not a i'm not trained to know if my child is up to date with her english or if she's doing the right mm. things in maths and what i would say is that when it comes to working out if your child is falling behind or are they mapping to the school system is that if you think about the school system um you have children who leave school at 16 and they may have 10 
A-star GCSEs. And then in exactly the same year, you have children leaving that same school who have maybe one or two yeah. grade fours. You yeah. know, like they've just passed, they've just scraped a pass, if that. And that's all within one year. So if you think about it from that perspective, you cannot possibly map and track to the school system and say, oh, is she ahead? Is she behind? Because compared to one child in the school in that school year, say like year 10 or something, she might be massively ahead. Compared to another child in exactly the same class, she might be ma massively behind. The first thing I would say is remove all your comparisons to school. You know, don't track to school, don't map to school, don't look at the curriculums, just do your own journey. Think about what's working for you and your child and don't freak out about, oh, my cousin's child, she's fluent in French and she's 12 <laughs> and, you know, or like, you know, anything like that, because everybody learns at different rates, even in school. So it's completely fine to learn at different rates outside of school. And And the other thing, of course, is just as you said, is that academic success is one tiny yes. proportion of home education because a lot yes. of home education is just about building up uh, a child's sense of self-worth and mm. you know their their self self-identity and and i think it the more you root your home education journey in academic success the more limited it is yeah absolutely i i would agree entirely with that i would say that the lack of benchmarking that you have in your home educating can feel really unnerving at first mm -hmm. so you know you come out of the system and you have you don't have those comparisons or you have completely different comparisons because as you say all children are so different so you know you will have children that are sitting GCSEs in year seven or you'll have children that won't sit any GCSEs at all or you know and that I think that can be that can feel a little bit destabilizing actually when you come out of a system that benchmarks at every kind of available opportunity so yeah it's, it's just about I think just grounding yourself in knowing that you're kind of on your own journey and doing your best for your child in your situation and just kind of just grounding yourself in that really yeah and and although I said you know don't concentrate on curriculums and don't do any of that you can still get workbooks you can get like a year six workbook and just you know but don't don't get upset if your child can only answer half of it or maybe mm. they whiz through it and they're actually year nine level it doesn't matter it's no. it's you know it's not the it's not the way to gauge success I suppose so so uh, tracking and mapping to school, uh, yeah, it's just, I think it's the kind of thing that saps the joy out of home education. <laughs> and we don't want any of that, do we? No, we don't. There's enough of that going on in life, isn't there? <laughs> there is, yeah. exactly. So lastly, we've been talking, we've been using all these terms, haven't we? De-schooling, homeschooling, home education, unschooling. And I guess people can feel confused by them. Sometimes people use them interchangeably. Um, I know, you know, you're very experienced about kind of in, in the home whole jargon aspect of it. So what would you say about that? Well, I am experienced in the jargon aspect, but I hate the jargon <laughs> of, home, of home education. I find it, I, it really annoys me when people kind of police the terms that are used. <laughs> but it, I can understand how if you're just starting out or maybe you're not sure about starting out and you're hearing all these terms on schooling, mm. schooling, homeschooling, and you're like, I don't know. I don't know what any of it is. Wow. Or maybe you're thinking, I don't know, like which route to take. I don't know. So de-schooling is obviously that period of time that you take when you take your child out and you just decompress like the scuba diver, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and homeschooling is basically home education. Mm -hmm. So it, homeschooling tends to be an American term. 
home education is the British term, but also homeschooling used to be the term when your school would give you work and send you home. So yeah. homeschooling was what everybody did during COVID, for example, Absolutely. that was homeschooling. But actually, realistically, they're very interchangeable terms because abroad, you know, globally, everybody uses the term homeschooling. Uh. Unschooling, and we actually have a podcast on unschooling for everybody mm. to listen to. It's very interesting. And also, it's it's like a poster for unschooling. I was doing, I'm not an unschooler. And I was doing the podcast. By the end of the podcast, I was like, wow, damn, I'm going to try unschooling. <laughs> so, yeah, Heidi made it sound very cool. So do check Excellent. that out. But Unschooling is when you're led by the child and what they mm. want to do. So um, when they want to learn, how they want to learn, what they want to learn is dictated by the child and mm. they decide. And But then you also have other terms. You have things like autonomous parenting. Again, we've done a podcast on that. So yeah. this is very much about when you, you live in a very autonomous, equal way with your child and decisions are made equally and you don't have that kind of authoritarian kind of approach to yes. parenting. But don't let any of these terms worry you and don't, don't sort of think, oh, I, well, I don't know if I'm going to be an unschooler or not, or I don't know if I'm going to, you know, I don't know if I'm going to sort of follow the Charlotte Mason approach or the Montessori approach or the Steiner mm. approach or, you know, forest school approach. I mean, there's so many, but it doesn't matter because yeah. realistically all that matters is, is your child in school and is the school responsible for their education or are they out of school, in which case you're home educating or homeschooling and you're responsible for their education. And don't let terminology put you off and also don't let... Don't let anyone in Facebook groups put you off. You may tell you you're using the wrong term or you're, you know, you're doing it wrong or something. Don't let don't let any keyboard warrior put you off either. No, absolutely. It always says more about them than it does about you when people police your comments. It really does. I actually in, in Homeschooling UK, I got a bit tired of it. So I put a I put a meme up of Taylor Swift because uh, she did a song called, yeah, love called Call It What You Want. And so I, yeah. I put that up and I said, nobody polices <laughs> us here. We can call it what we want. <laughs> got to have time for Taylor Swift, haven't you? Let's face it. You've got to. She's a wise woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, indeed. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks, Eleanor. That's been a really interesting conversation today. And I hope that we have answered some common questions that people might have um and perhaps debunks myths potentially and helps people just in their thinking towards whether home education is right for them or not right for them i hope so yeah i hope so and don't forget you can always come on our facebook group home education matters or or any home education facebook group some are scarier than others but ours isn't scary <laughs> not at all <laughs> and <laughs> so you can always come and ask us any questions on there or or just tell us what you think about the podcast but yeah hopefully yeah, I don't know. Anyone listening might be feeling a bit more confident about taking that step now. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, yeah, we'll be back with you soon. So thanks for listening. Thanks, Diane. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Home Education Matters podcast. See you at the next one. Have a lovely day.